Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Mysticons, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Delaney Stilwell. Hey, y'all. And Beatrice Marab. Hello. Today, we are talking episode 38 of Mysticons Eternal Starshine, Eternal Starshine of the Mage's Mind. Uh, that aired this weekend on Nicktoons, the third to last episode of Mysticons are in the home stretch here. So find all of our Mysticons podcasts at overlyanimated.com or on our YouTube at youtube.com slash overlyanimated. Uh, we were very excited last week to talk about The Princess and the Pirate. We had a great podcast on that. Make sure you check that out. But we are getting into external starshine of the mage's mind. Make sure you've seen this episode. Spoilers for this and all previous episodes of Mysticons. A lot of people asking where you can find the episodes. If the safest place would be like Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play, you have to pay for them, but that's where you'd be guaranteed to find them. Anyway, let's get into this episode. Delaney, what did you think of Eternal Starshine of the Mage's Mind? I didn't realize this was the episode I needed because, you know, all along it's kind of been like, why are you like this, Proxima? Like, calm down. Like, you're so dramatic. But then you go back and you rewatch everything from her perspective. And obviously, like, it's not that the show's, like, necessarily always from the Mysticon's perspective, but it was really nice to go back and kind of revisit. And then, like, uh, Zarya said, like, the saddest story ever. And, like, I, this was good. Like, I, because it, it always felt like there was something missing and not really, I mean, we all kind of were, like, arcane. And we're like, you're get over it, Proxima, you're fine. And then it's not fine. And it was great to see um, Arcana kind of come to terms with everything that had happened. Also, Proxima's back. This is so good. Like, Proxima's great, and I'm really excited that she's back on the good side. Though, Antasma's free, which is <laughs> fun, I guess. I was I was so sad. Like, I felt, I was like, this can't be real. But then I was like, she's good, and then she wasn't. And I was like, gosh darn it, Tasma. Why can't, just, uh, it just hurts deep in my soul. I was like, I want to, I like, I'm like, Tasma, just, I just want to shake her and be like, come on. Great, and also seeing her bully Proxima was like, ah, oh, Tasma, you're just the worst. But overall, I just really liked the episode. I felt like it was something we really needed, like this kind of like, you know, explanation of really where Proxima was coming from. Like we saw it happen, but it's just it's just different to kind of get it all at once. Yeah. And then of course, God, Tasma is just the most evil person. <laughs> like, Aww. I love her. But she's evil. Yeah. Oh, she's evil. Okay. Well, we have our Tasma expert Beatrice here, so <laughs> I'm glad glad she's on this. One. Beatrice, what did you think of this episode out of Tasma? I mean, I mean, it it kind. Of, I'm just the more I learn about Tasma, the more I learn about myself. <laughs> because I'm not I'm concerned. <laughs> because it's like it's like of course the one that I like immediately gravitate towards is the one that turns out to be the mean girl. Like, what does that say about me in terms of like what? I'm attracted well, to. Dylan's favorite character is <laughs> Chloe on Ladybug, so like you might just have a type. <laughs> That's what I mean. I just the more I learn about Tasma, the more I realize I learn about my type. I mean, Maybe like, you're just a masochist. Like that could just be okay. Her. We're not going there. We're okay. We're just we're, okay. I have no. We're not. That's no. But no, I, I again, this is in terms of just the main plot and then the side plot and everything. It echo. They both echo each other like nicely and there's like this wonderful synergy and parallels between them and this to me is like what i've been missing from mysticons lately these are the episodes i love these are the episodes that for me is mysticons firing in all cylinders this is them giving us like great character development great uh uh plot 
moving forward. Like we're not just on a standstill, like things that happen, things happen and things like they actually have consequences. It's not things happen, but then they fly off into the sunset in their pirate ship. It's like, no, things happen. Um, and we're going to continue with it. And I'm like, awesome. Great. And it's just, it just flowed really well. I saw they balanced all the characters really well. I mean, yeah, sure. Like it focused on Proxima, focused on Arcana. It focused on Malvron and Tasma, but all the other characters had good lines had like, at least like there was one moment where like they stand out. Um, so for me, I just like, this is what was most interesting. And I'm surprised that Tasma turned and not Tasma, um, Proxima turned that she turned back. I was sure. Would I have preferred her, like the whole thing to have been less quick? Had it been more spread out, maybe taken one of those filler episodes and made it like a two parter. Yes. But Given the time constraints, they pull it off really well. And yeah, I agree. We were on Arcana's side. We were like, come on, Proxima. In the beginning, I was like, okay, but like Proxima, like you still like, come on, like you can't turn bad. And then they, in terms of emotional journey, this like we, we were with Arcana and then very, and we followed it very closely and follow, and connected with her emotional journey throughout the episode, which is not the easiest thing to do. Cause usually like, even though Arcana is the main character, she's, I don't think she's the fan favorite so the fact that we were so quick to be on her side and we're like oh okay like yeah like we we went from being like proxima like you went bad that's unacceptable and being very idealistic to like being like oh sympathetic that's that's very that's a very complex achievement that they've done in this episode and i just to me this is like my this is for me one of again the seasons where they start where they end like the blocks of episodes it's a little for me i still am a little slightly confused by but in terms of like this batch after this hiatus that came up like this is for me the best episode of them like, this is to me like oh this is what mysticons is like if i tell someone like this is the episode you have to watch for mysticons this is the this is one of the ones i would show them which is everything is kind of working and it's it was i was just very pleased nice yeah, I think you would you would probably say it's the best episode of season three, which would be uh, yeah hard to hard to say where that is in the airing order. But um, I mean, I certainly think Princess and the Pirate last week is is bad. I think that's the best episode of the show. But this is a phenomenal episode. Um, I, I I really agree with that. And this is just some of like the highest level storytelling that the show has done. And completely agree with Delaney that this was like sorely needed. Um, I, I I didn't when I was thinking of the things I wanted the show to do in the last batch of episodes, I didn't consider that this episode would help so much because we'd re- we've been kind of hard on the pro- the Proxima plotline and Proxima in general just as a character and this this episode really just justifies a lot of the things the show spent a lot of time on earlier um in in the run and uh, it really brings it together in a way that is very satisfying and that uh really works for her as a character um, I think this is like maybe the most pivotal Mysticons episode ever in terms of like tying the entire show together. Um, because I think without this episode, a lot of the Proxima, um, just the, all the villain stuff from the season, all of the Proxima stuff we did in season two, the sisters twist, like I feel like it was really missing something. And this brings it all together in a really neat way where we literally go through all the steps from the season, uh, the seasons and, uh, we see how they relate to Proxima as a character. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's this, it's a super essential episode in, um, getting us to a place where this, this concluding that plot line, basically like, and I do think we're 
we're basically uh, done with with. Pro- I mean, Proxima is good now. I think that's kind of a surprise, and uh, it's it, it bring it brings us to a point where this character is um, a lot in a, in a much better place heading into whatever we're doing in the last episode. So um, it's 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 just really good. Some of the flashbacks we get, especially early on, are phenomenal, um, and then we go through scenes from the show. And those, um, even though I think there's probably like a solid, I don't know, one to two minutes of um, animation just er, from earlier in the show, um, kind of clip show style, um, it's just used to really great effect. And it's it's really powerful in telling the story of Proxima from her perspective um, and getting us more towards, um, towards her side from Arcanus. I still think there's some flaws in like, um, there's a disconnect, I feel like, between the writing of the show, which presents us as... Proxima chose to put on the mask and then the way it's presented in the animation, which is that the mask kind of forced itself on her. And I still think mm-hmm. there's a little bit of that happening, which had been confusing. Yeah, it was a little confusing because like it kinda of, like it kind of looks like she pushes it on her face, but then it also looks like it just flew to her face. Yeah, I still don't agree that she chose to put on the mask. I think she chose to like right. keep it and not throw it into the rift. So that's right. something. But we didn't even see that moment really in this episode. Right. Um so there's still a little bit of that. It doesn't completely like get get there, but um yeah, the scene of her, like we see her putting on the mask. Um all, all of that's really phenomenal. Um, and we've and we've gone to like previously not in this episode about proxima she doesn't want the mask like she took it off and all of that and so it is yeah i don't know about that she chose evil though i guess she maybe she chose to stay evil yeah i i this episode didn't really convince me that proxima chose evil even if that was uh but and i think it's part of it is getting us away from that notion whereas like she was uh pushed to that point right um but i don't think it was like a decision like i think that's the problem is that it's it's not like oh was she instigated or did she choose it herself neither like the mask um seems like i don't i still don't blame proxima for anything that happened when the mask was on her because it seems to just be mind control um so we didn't get past that hurdle but um, it almost doesn't matter because the motivations up until that point are so cleanly presented and it's really just some high level storytelling. Well, it's, and- easy, it's easy to see how she had come to a point where it was easy for the mask to influence her. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think if we presented it more like that, it might have been better. Um, but yeah, it, we can interpret that for ourselves at least. I, I don't know, but I don't think like, okay, you know, whenever, okay, when she was able to take off, whenever her eyes aren't completely white, she still seems to be, sure, she's being influenced by the mask, but she still seems to be somewhat in control control of what she does sure it's like it's like kind of like you know being inebriated or something you know it's like she's 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 drunk i guess on dark magic but it's like yeah yeah so it's still it's kind of like you know like if if a drunk driver kills someone in a car accident because they decided to get on behind the wheel when they're drunk it's like they're still like they still killed someone you know what i mean so for me i'm like i can so easily be like oh from the very beginning she was 100 not responsible what i like about this is that there is a distinction between responsibility and sympathy that's what i like i don't like I, or at least, like, if we from now on completely go, like, oh, she complete, she didn't do anything, and, like, nothing's her fault. Like, I wouldn't buy that. Like, I like I want her to feel... Well, it's I her fault her- that Mallory has the mask now because she didn't destroy it back in whenever. You know, so I, I need some accountability. I, I can't... I wouldn't 100% say, like, oh... Like she complete, she was completely like brainwashed and she wouldn't do, she didn't do any of this. Like, n- I wouldn't buy that. 
Yeah, the show itself is presenting um, their their distinction between Proxima in this episode in the beginning, where she's completely under the influence of the mask. Like, it, I think that's pretty clear. And as opposed to before the last few episodes, when there's the struggle with the mask, and then it like some, and then it like glued itself to her face or whatever. Um, before that, yeah, the show I think is trying to present her as being in control to a certain extent. I just don't understand. Um, well, I think it's very confusing because, like, we know the mask has its own power. Like, we we know the mask can control you. So I think it is, like, like I do, not necessarily being drunk, but this idea of, like, she let the mask influence her. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of, like, she wanted the power. She wanted the revenge because of everything that happened to her. But then, because Proxima is good, she is a good person, that it was beginning to take its toll on her. Yeah. Because she just wanted revenge. The mask wants to destroy the realm. And she's like, no, I just want to get back at Arcana. And then I think it is like, granted, it is difficult. And I think it is confusing the way it's been presented. Because really, we were just getting like, we knew Proxima, which it was presented in the beginning, that Proxima wanted, like, she took the mask and she became, like, she did what she did. But then we have seen her struggle with the mask. She does. She doesn't want it. She wants it to go away, and then it glues itself to her face. So I do think, like I don't know. It's just it's confusing. But I do think like she definitely had some uh, agency. Like she had. She put. She has the mask. She did. She did what she did with the mask on, and then she also chose to take the mask off. Yeah, it's clear after the last three episodes that, or three or four, that uh, there's there's a distinction between the way Proxima was in the beginning of this episode, where she's has no control, and how she was previously, right. where she, like the show is trying to present it as her having some control over 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 or some agency previously. Right. I, I still don't think that was presented very well, but like that is the it's impression. confusing. And the thing is, we still don't understand like the mask. Like, is the mask Necrofa? Was did the mask corrupt Necrofa? Like, we're still not really sure. Like. We just know the mask is evil, but we don't understand anything else besides that. Yeah, you'd think that'd be the next step. Yeah, um, but it's it's I, I don't, even even so, it's like what to what extent was is a person in control? And that, like that's such a complex topic. Like when they're being like subversive, subversively influenced by this evil thing, uh, to what extent are they still culpable for for what's happening? I mean, that's like really complex and the show didn't even attempt to get remotely there i feel like i mean maybe this episode to a certain extent is getting into that but it's more just like the mindset that led to the mask in the first place um you know like i feel like it's kind of telling that we flash through a bunch of episodes uh here but we never get beyond the first episode of season three of the mask like, right uh, like it's it's almost like what was the point of everything past that like uh it, right like, this is all focused on um, everything up to the point where she puts on the mask and like we're and and that's the important part and like explaining that is key and so I think that that's um, like really good that we tie all of that part together what I don't think this ties together is season three um, but it does help a lot with the overall storytelling the show's been been trying to do um, and I will say the Tasma and uh, Doug and uh, and uh, Malveron plotline uh, was also very good um another uh, good doug episode um even though he spoke he was speaking in a british accent the i thought that was time. great yeah that was very I that was great but it was like why are you doing this i thought for a good chunk it was a different voice actor and they just couldn't like for some reason they couldn't <laughs> no, get the was... original doug voice actor for whatever the reason so they needed someone else so they just gave him an no, accent is, but then finally at doug. the end yeah, i know not... but like for a second i was just like 
why do you sound so different? And then why is again? It's just yeah, making pe- different voices is like some kind people of seem some people seem confused by the Doug voice. Doug was doing a British accent because he was having a tea party with Tasma in the beginning. Yeah, and it was yeah. funny. Yeah. And then he just kept and then he kept doing it because he's a nonsense person. So he kept because he kept doing it. Yeah, which I think fit, fits his character very well. Yes. Um, and by the way, the end of this episode, Mallory putting on the mask. I'm so excited for this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this was I. I was complaining uh, episodes two few episodes ago that Mallory didn't get to. Put on the mask, so it's very satisfying that she is. I'm the biggest Mallory stand, so this is. <laughs> I think like, you're the only Mallory. Stan. I, re- I think I might be the. This is the character. Like I don't think anyone else is standing this character. So I think that I think that this is specifically satisfying for me. But I'm so ready for final boss Mallory. <laughs> Like, see, thought, like, see, like, here's the thing, Dylan. You're attracted to Regina George, and I'm attracted to like Karen and Gretchen because for me, <laughs> I don't know. I'm what the about one, the Tasma thing we were talking about earlier? That's what I mean. Like Tasma, like there's still hope that she could be redeemed. Like yeah, with Mallory, like I don't Gretchen. see her turning good at all. I could see her as Gretchen, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mallory is yeah, Regina. Yeah, Mallory Regina George, absolutely. And it's great. So you just have uh, to yeah. hit her with a bus. Okay? Obviously, I also stand uh, Regina George. And yeah, it's uh, no no hitting Mallory with a bus. We so gotta... do I, because it's Rachel McAdams. So obviously, I'm going to stand Regina obviously, George. But uh, yeah, Mallory is... Uh, it's 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 so... it's so uh, The spectral hand just got a lot more fierce. Like, oh my God. What? So incredible. I'm just ready for like the selfies. <laughs> you say it in like the proper accent. So it's like... The spectral, the, what is it? The spectral mask has got a lot more It's got a lot more Ferris. You gotta okay. do the growl at the end of Ferris. Ferris, yeah. Oh my god, it's it's great. It's I mean, so I mean, we really we really been complaining that the Vex, Vexcons feel inconsequential and that we thought that the the show would move on from them when it got to the end game. Um, mm, and it nope. seems like that's not true. <laughs> seems like uh, it's like no. I think I really do like this though. Is that because like so we understand what drove? That's really what's beautiful about this episode and something we don't necessarily explore in media a lot. Like someone's evil just because they're evil, but we got to explore like what drove Proxima to make the decisions that she made. And like when you're that hurt and that broken. And you don't feel like anyone loves you. That's the point you get to. And then now we also have to deal with like the consequences of what she's done. She made them. She's the reason the mask isn't destroyed. And so I'm really excited because this is something we don't generally get to do. Like, like Zuko turned good in Avatar and that was awesome. But we didn't necessarily deal with like the consequences of that because there weren't like other than like between the characters. Like this would be this would be like had we actually explored Azula's character, had right. we actually done that. And what I appreciate about like the the interesting kind of situation we're in with Proxima, it's like yeah, and she create like look at the Vexicons, like they're copies of the Mysticons. Like she created them because she was lonely, because she still wanted to be part of that. So there's all the psychological stuff behind, like just the very creation of them, and she so, loves them. Yeah, they're like her sisters. They're what she wanted. They just happen to be, you know, the, evil. evil, evil but, so I could uh, see, I could see the other Avexicons turning on Mallory. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. We'll talk Depending about on what horrible thing Mallory does. <laughs> no, Mallory will do good as a ruler of. <laughs> Supplant Gwen, be a better ruler. That's what's happening. But uh, <laughs> Azula's the Vexicons confirmed. That's what I got from that. Um, yeah. Also, when Delaney was talking about that, I had like a sharp objects uh, fla- flashback to a little bit ago. It's like it's not just the evil person. It's like the people that they um, evilly like influence. And that's also a huge consequence. I'll be vague about that. But yeah, that's that. I feel like that related to that in my head. Um, Are you saying that there's a character in Sharp now. Objects that I'm like going to very quickly gravitate towards? I mean, uh, 
maybe <laughs> I, I don't want to say anything because spoilers but yeah okay so let's uh yeah the, the end of this episode with Maui and uh, I feel like the big plot advancement we have here is uh Proxima not I mean, she's our big bad this season and she is back on our side and they forgive each other um Arcana and Proxima about say they're sorry and they hug uh were you feeling it Delaney I was feeling it honestly well the whole time like as someone who was severely bullied the entire time they were growing up, I was like, I could have been evil like Proxima. <laughs> like, but like, I really felt for Proxima's character. I really did. And, you know, and all along I have, because I mean, it's hard not to like feel bad for her. She's an orphan, finds out she's a princess and finds out it's all a lie. And then I do, I mean, and Arcana and, you know, I mean, they've all been through so much and it was really nice to kind of go through this like Arcana, like, Generally, what we do with Arcana is like make Arcana realize she's wrong. So that's always nice. <laughs> and so, like, I really, I really did feel it. And when they were like, and then when Arcana like pushed Proxim out of the way and got hit, I was like, <gasps> like I like I live for this stuff. Like this is what I'm about. Like, yeah, it's good it's stuff. Very dramatic. Are you, do you buy that Proxima would get for for give Arcana right when the mask came off there? I think so. Yes. Like I think. One, I think her, like, saving her was part of it. Yeah. And then I do think Proxima, like, as hurt as she was, like, she she understands, too, that what she did was wrong also. And so, which I think Proxima's understood all along, was that she what she was doing wasn't right either. Yeah. And so it's really, like, I'm, I'm excited to see where we go after this, because we just really get the, like, the forgiveness right at the end. But, you know, they're going to have to have a talk, I hope. And it's just really, like... I really liked it. I thought it was really sweet. And then Arcana like touches her face and I'm like, oh, so good. I'm about it. Yeah. And uh, I think Mallory's like uh, something about the her sister and then shoots at her. And then she says, glad to have you back, sis. Like yeah. uh, going back, immediately calling her sister again. <laughs> um, uh, welcoming her back to the to the, the sisterhood. Proxima Fifth Mysticon. Is that what's happening now? Yes. Yes. <laughs> were, were you, Taz were you... will be the sixth. Okay. She'll get there. Uh, she'll get I there i feel like we we went away from that <laughs> this episode you'll but. get there don't just it's like doug said give her time she'll yeah. get there yeah um give her time unfortunately beyond the show but yeah um tasma Demption in the comics yes in the yes and if not the comics in my fanfic okay in the fanfic mm-hmm. gotcha um beatrice were you feeling uh proxima uh turning back at the end here yeah and that's what i kind of what I, what I meant when i said emotional journey in terms of Sure, maybe there's some plot consistencies, questions about like confusion about agency, but in terms of just the emotional stuff, not only with Arcana, but also with with Proxima, you kind of even just with, you know, just imagine the like that thought of waking up and then you see the person, someone you deeply care about, like in front of you hurt and clearly there's like a fight happening in front of you. What do you think? So, I mean, I think they were very smart to to have that happen, to have her sacrifice herself and then Proxima just kind of wake up and be like, oh my God. Like, and I think this is something that she's probably thought about and she's feared about. This is some, this is a scenario where she's like, what if I wake up and then this happens? Like in terms of those moments where she was like regretting her decision and, and thinking, oh God, like what are the actual consequences of my actions and what could happen or this, or say one encounter almost went that way. This is showing like, okay, she has thought about this. This is like, I think for me, her turning back, it's had we fo- had we had time to focus more on her, this wouldn't be as kind of like a 180, but it doesn't 
feel that way because of all like all those gaps that were filled in. Like it makes sense that that she's probably thought about this and she's probably been like, a, you know, she's probably been wanting to turn back. She's again, we've seen her regret. We've seen yeah, her yeah. doubt. So um, in terms of her just uh, her immediately gravitating back towards that's like, yeah. And you also have to think about like, you know, if someone's in been in darkness for so long you and you're finally given a little bit of hope you're gonna latch on to it you know you're it's gonna be a, an immediate kind of thing it's not gonna be oh i'm gonna doubt this it's like no you're gonna jump straight toward that kind of chance that light so um yeah that, that's deep yeah uh, it's a deep day for me i don't know why <laughs> it's <a deep> day. <laughs> it's like it's from tasma to this like i'm learning so much about myself uh, yeah, yeah. I, I i agree that um it makes sense that that the like I think there's enough there with the her doubting um and her like trying to resist the mask before and also there's so much like love built up before um she put on the mask that I think it makes sense that she would um jump back to them right away and it, it's a great moment and um I think it's like well built up and uh yeah it it puts us in an exciting position where Tasma uh, back helping out and now the Vexicons um the consequence of her still still out there and uh, Mallory there with the mask we'll maybe speculate more on that later but let's talk about some of these uh most of the episode we spent in Taz in uh in um, Proxima's I don't know if I said uh, Tasman said Proxima before uh, Proxima's Mind where uh, we uh, go through memories both new uh, and previously from the show um, and we get some immediate immediate ones with uh, her in Miss Sparkle Bottoms uh, they're so to- cute they're babies <laughs> we're excited to see Miss Sparkle Bottom again no, I was just excited to see these babies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, toddler Zarya again, actual toddler Zarya this time, and so cute Proxima. Um, this, I, I think this was the best scene of the episode, and one of the best scenes uh, we've seen in the show recently. I, I like this is like so cathartic, like actually like having answers to all this switching nonsense from <laughs> earlier in the show, because it never really got like we we vaguely heard a line about. Uh, Sparkle Bottom like switch them but like seeing it is so much more powerful here and answers so many more of our questions like it's not the month nonsense that we speculated on it's like literally she just switched them <laughs> in this moment um, but my way my favorite thing in the episode is uh, Zarya is a little howler and, so cute. and she's doing her wolf howl it's <laughs> so good That's my so- favorite part is when um, they leave and Proxima just falls over yeah, <laughs> and you just stay on her for like a beat. It's so good. Proxima with the uh, quill in the beginning. Um, oh, my quill, my quill. My By quill. the really powerful thing I noticed on uh, subsequent rewatches is the scene in an end of 26 that they show with um, Zarya and Arcana being like, we're going to have sister diaries. I'll get you your own quill. And like that connection, like Proxima being left out of that sister quill thing and seeing her like quills always been a thing associated with her. And earlier in the show, we even saw her writing her, you know, her, her, her diary with her own quill. Like I thought that was really powerful. Um, but yeah, the scene with uh with the two the little two of them and then Novateron comes in um visiting for the twin star day he is a foz balloon what do, what do we think about that i thought that was so great. cute yeah and yeah. uh then we see uh sparkle bottom switch the uh the two of them to prevent the prophecy um uh, so also piper's like oh man did i time travel again um, which is great <laughs> I don't know. I, I love this scene. This is like, <laughs> this it's is, so this, cute. It, it's it's incredible. And then the next scene also is incredible. We see um, uh, kid uh, Proxima being pranked by kid Tasma. 
in the Astromancer. So Academy. mean. They're so mean. It's not prank. She bullied her. Just bullied. straight bullied her. Proxima star fail. Yeah. Mm. Um, no. Uh, and then we get the sequence. No wonder Proxima was pushed over the edge, says M. And Arcana says Proxima wasn't pushed. She chose to put on the mask. She chose evil. Kind of an encapsulation of the theme we're really trying to hit on um, here in this episode with uh, Arcana going from that notion to understanding um, why this happened. Uh, the, the kind of action we get in the episode are these um, manifestations of the mask inside Proxima's head, the creepers. Um, these, uh, the shadowy figures that we get. And I think there's some decently cool action sequences with them just kind of instigates them jumping from memory to memory. Um, then we get, we go through a bunch of, uh, episodes from the show and we see, um, literally we see parts of the show we saw. And then also we see like them watching parts of the, the episode too. Um, first we start in episode 14 where M scarred Proxima. Um, and then we get, um, and M still feels bad about it. Yeah, I'm still I'm still feels bad about it. Um, they're like bad mouthing Proxima in episode twenty. Um, they trick her with uh, Chaco as Arcana in episode twenty one. Um, later, uh, then, then there's a little bit. Then later we jump back and they uh, when they're fused together in um, twenty two and she's uh, she talks about uh, how Arcana got her mom and she didn't. Um, and uh, then we see them re- Proxima's reaction to the twin reveal in twenty five, and uh, them being and, Pro- and Proxima running off, and um, Arcane and Zarya uh, at the end of twenty six, like I said, um, and uh, Arcana in that scene is like Proxima. I had no idea I was so terrible to you. And then um, in twenty seven, Arcana trying to talk to her um, when they're underwater. I uh, I think it is powerful seeing all these together. Does it, in- Delaney? Does this because we we're kind of complaining before that it's like. Proxima hadn't given sufficient motivation to um, turn evil. Like, does does this tie it together for you? Is there any element still of, like, I think something was still, like, maybe missing. Like, it still doesn't seem that severe. Is there any part of that? No, I mean, honestly, like, watching, and also my personal connection to also having been treated badly growing up, and to watch, like, I really think, like, seeing, like, she's in the orphanage, to being bullied at the academy, to, like... To remember, like, because the thing is, when you watch it, when you watch it the first time, and you're like, I'm on the Mysticon side, like, we watch it as Mysticons, and you watch it, and you're like, ugh, the Proxima, she's so obnoxious, like, I hate her, or whatever, and, you know, and the Mysticons, they say, you know, kind of rude things, because they're obnoxious teenagers, and... To watch it like from Proxima's point of view, and to watch it also knowing everything that ha- happens, and and this is also after the Mysticons have each grown up individually, like they have grown as people and they interact differently, and they're all a little softer around the edges, and to watch it again, and then from their like from Proxima's point of view, I really do think it puts a lot of stuff into perspective, and. As 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 much as a clip show sometimes feels unsatisfying as a result, this really had a point to it, and I really think it was done very well. And it was something Arcana and Zarya—they all needed to see it to like to really feel what had happened. And especially since Proxima couldn't tell them and that kind of thing, so I think it really did tie it all together in a really beautiful way. And also, this isn't a story that we explore that often. Like we don't generally like. Aside from something kind of superficial, you don't really explore what some things the heroes do that impact other people sometimes in a negative way. Like, sometimes you'll get something like in um, The Avengers where there's an actual physical consequence for something the hero does and how it impacts other people and then how sometimes it turns people evil, it turns people mad, it turns people, like, crazy because something horrible has happened and they don't know how to deal with it. But in this case, just to see kind of the personal, like, how what they did... um, really hurt 
Proxima just in the way that they acted towards her, even though later they tried to make up for it. Yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah. And I think, I think like, it, we, I also had that reaction, even though I was very much on the side of, like, there wasn't enough motivation for Proxima. Like, after this episode, you're like, okay, I can I can see it. And I think that's maybe, like, the takeaway that the they want the audience to have after you... Like, it wa- makes sense now. Like, and as much as it's, you know, it would have been better to see it coming, it is... Um, I mean, it's different. It's and it. I think it is a good way to show like how perspectives and are important, especially in this show, because we're all like we always think the girls are right, and a lot of times they're not. Which we have dealt with that a lot in the show, and I think that's something good too. Is like they are still kids and they make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the ultimate consequence is what you the experience of watching the show is like. Uh, Proxima, why? Like it doesn't make sense. Why are you doing this? Oh, okay. Proxima's evil. Uh, and then when you get to this episode, you're like, okay, this like really works now. Um, right. So I think it is a powerful like. It's uh, one of those things you need hindsight for. Right. Which I I think is like a frustrating thing watching most of the episodes this season. Right. But it is it does end up being a really powerful device on perspectives um, because we have we hold the Mysticons perspective for so long. And then this episode is so good that it really reverses that to a large extent. Um, so I think it, it is like it just makes it that much more powerful in this episode when we get to it. Right. And I don't necessarily think it was like a weakness on the show's part before. It was just one of those like when we're bound by one perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think the weakness would be in how it manifested in Proxima as a villain and like the things we right. did with that. Um, but that's, you know, like, a, maybe well, things a, also happened very fast. She became the villain and then she made the Vexicons. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Proxima and, uh, kind of slid into the background a little bit, kind of just as like that, the that Vexicons is, is mom. True. Yeah, yeah, at least at least then the Vexicons are paying off here towards the end, it looks like. So, yeah, I, I can see that. OK, um, yeah, Beatrice, what do you what, do you agree with this that um, you, you like you get a different impression here? It has uh, do you think that you were does this change how you looked at it before? Do you think you were wrong how you looked at it before? Um, Again, I think I mean, I. I mean, I, I don't think I was wrong again, I think, because it, it, it's for me, the question of like agency and all that is what comes into mind. But it just it makes Proxima more sympathetic. Right. And it, it kind of confirmed to me certain things I thought about in terms of like her background and why she did the thing she did. So it's kind of this it it's just it's a very I think you used the word cathartic earlier. And that's what it is. It's just, it was a very cathartic experience of just like, OK. Now this all makes sense. Let's. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it just it just comes together well here. What about the notion of this is like as a clip show? Um, because really, there's I think like there's like kind of close to two minutes or I don't know, maybe that's too high of like things that we saw previously. I think it certainly works to the effect that they're going for. When you're watching it, Delaney, did you think like, oh, is this a clip show or were you like, oh, it's cool what they're doing here? Well, I think. Well, in the beginning, it's like, oh, they're, uh, it was a different, like, it wasn't something we'd seen before. Right, they started with original memories, right. then they go to, yeah. Right, and yeah. then at first, you know, I think it was more in the middle when I was like, it's a clip show, but um, I don't think it was, like, it's not it, It's not a clip show in the way that The Legend of Korra had their clip show, but, um, like, I still liked it, and I think it was done very well, especially kind of, like, the different ways, like, an arcane was just kind of flashing through it, and they did have a purpose, like, they were looking for something, and then, um, like, there was just a lot of emotional weight to it all, and I think it worked well, but I did, I don't, I think it was in the middle, is when I, re- I was like, it's a clip show, because at first, it was just, like, it was a new memory, and then, like, I guess it just took a little bit, because, like, how they were interacting with the memories kind of started to change. 
Yeah, they they really like sequenced it well with uh, new memories first. Then they had a new memory within the old memories, right. is what we'll get to, and then they end with the new memory too. Um, but I, I think like the reason why, even though I've been praising the episode so much, it's like maybe like one notch down from a top tier episode. Like, I think I have it like one outside of my top tier right now. It's just because like there's parts in the middle where, um, like especially in the episode twenty clip where we just like hold on that for like twenty seconds of like it didn't seem necessary to like show so much from that episode. And I wonder if it was like a budget budgetary constraint thing like I, if they if it was they masked it incredibly well that this, that this was like they needed to like save money here by doing some sort of thing like that's why Cora did their uh, remembrances episode is because they didn't have enough money to do um like another original episode like that but um full fully they they had some stuff in there but um yeah i don't know it's it's it is a little like we have like shots of like our characters in the old shots and that's good but there also are like decently large sequences that are just the old episodes and then we cut to our characters in the present reacting to that um yeah i don't know uh, beatrice did you was there any like notion when you were watching of it being a clip show or did it work completely i mean it, i did think about it i thought okay so this is this is where we get all this is where we get the refresher right but then Part of me thinks, because, you know, what's the purpose of a clip show? It's one, to refresh the memories of people who've been watching it. But isn't also part of the reason is for people who want to just catch up but haven't been watching the show just to sit down and view it again? Not to view it again, but like to if they just want to catch the finale, but they don't want to binge the rest of the TV show crazy in this age of binge watching. But isn't that what they were for? It's just for also for the newcomer to just like, play catch up for a second and then enjoy like the final spurt of episodes. So I don't know if someone who has not seen Mysticons can say, can watch this episode and be like, Oh, I'm complete. I can completely understand what's going to happen in the next episode. Yeah, I think that that's, what the, that's what the previously ons are for. I don't think it's like a it's like a catch up tool. Okay. It's more just like a reminder, maybe. Um, yeah, like I wonder if it was purposefully done as a con- as like a, a tool used to get the audience on the same page with with what's happening here. Um, and but I, I think it was or it was like or there's any sort of reason we needed to do it exactly this way. I mean, I think like it's very powerful, like seeing the shots and seeing them from uh, Proximus' perspective, and then seeing our characters' comments on. Them. I think there's like just a little bit more of the old shots than uh, you might have then were maybe necessary or at least that was my perspective yeah. watching it then again no, we're, yeah totally totally I mean, again, I, I we, agree. Like, we like analyze it a lot though so maybe like we remember it more than than other people I don't maybe know. maybe but i mean i do agree like if that if like that's the definition of clip show then then this was definitely that and what i appreciate is that they actually did something different they actually i mean i don't think it was able to escape the categorization of it being a clip show like okay it's like this is the episode where they're saving up for animation or whatever like, we understand why they have to do it. Maybe not so much the viewer, but we understand why. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. It's possible that that... that maybe it, not. Any, maybe not. Know. But, yeah. I mean... And it, it from, should, be, should be noted. If, if I would not say this is a clip show episode. Like, at max, it's, like, 90 seconds to two minutes. Uh, uh, like, and that's not enough to, to call it a clip show. It's just it's just one of the things... It's just, like, a tool that we're using to tell yeah. the story. For whatever reason. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, regardless, I still think it's like very powerful using that. And then, uh, in the middle of that, we cut to this montage of Proxima studying every magic tome in the Academy. Yeah. Um, I believe this is the first show I've ever seen that has a montage of a character reading books. <laughs> And I have to say, quality. this is like my favorite thing ever. Like, like this is like, this is, uh, such an important part of Proxima that she's this, uh, magic nerd. And so we, in the Proxima Psyche episode, we have a montage of her reading. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> I think that, and not that it's like riveting television, but I feel like this is such, so good for a character. 
Yeah, Delaney, what do you think? Like the book, I mean, it's just it's so good. Like it's one, it's quality for, um, just because it's Proxima, and then also like it's so funny watching Arcana like look over her shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so stupid. It's amazing, and like you have like the text of the books. And like the stupid gibberish language that they read or whatever. And um, I thought it was really good. It was really, it's really funny. And like, you know, we always like the bookworm characters. So it was just, it was just, it was just funny. Like, oh, we have to find the spell that she read that one time. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like a lot of times we have like, oh, this character's smart. And then we never so, show them like being smart at all or right. doing like, but like here, this is the, like the nerd guy. And like, she's like studying for like a solid, like 30 seconds. Of the episode, like that's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Beatrice, do you like that sequence? I did. I did. Um, I, I kind of wanted them to have like a little bit more fun with it. Like I wanted like the music to be really super dramatic. Like I wanted them to be like, this is Proxima reading books. Like I needed it to be just like, I don't know. I just, I wanted it to be like, if we're going to have like this crazy montage, like kind of like the training montage of like a boxing movie, like if we're going to have it, like I wanted them to be like, don't just have it be like, okay, like make like make it a big deal. Like, yeah, she's reading books and it's like a big blah. Like that's all like Proxima lives for it. But um, beside that, like, I enjoyed it. Yeah, that could have been fun. Like, super dramatic music. But it, may, it might have been a little much, but... Uh, it, it probably. Like, I, yeah. again, my tastes are, very, are pretty, like, extreme. Yeah. Okay, another last original scene we have, is, or there's two more. Uh, the memory of Proxima putting on the mask, um, which I think was nice to see. And, it, like, speaking to her. And then, um, it, like, it, it seems like it kind of forces on her face. And, uh, yeah, I think I think that's, that's a cool one. And then we uh, have the climax of the episode in the library from earlier this season where uh the like mask is making her destroy the spell by the way i think it is kind of confusing the setup to this episode um because it's like you need the spell to go inside her mind and you're going inside her mind to retrieve the spell but we're not purposely going inside her mind um that's just like we're supposed to extract it from her mind and then like there's a memory of her reading a spell in the thing and then like arcana says that in her mind and that casting that like gets the mask off of her like i got it but it like wasn't it actually don't know if i fully got it on first view i feel like it took me <laughs> second third viewing to fully get the context at the beginning of this episode presented um i can imagine that would be a little confusing for kids but um that's 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 fine <laughs> that's uh, that's fine and uh she uh they're, they're fighting the mass dudes in the in the memory and then they get the spell and then they like get um there's this like really like striking like purple like shot of them like getting expunged from proxima's mind and then the mask comes off um that was an interesting visual and, yeah no uh, it was just like purple just like yeah yeah, and then the end of the episode, which we've talked about. But yeah, let's talk about the B-plot of uh, the Vexcons going to the Miscon stronghold, which I guess they just know where it is now because uh, that's the consequence. They keep breaking in there all the time. <laughs> yeah, I guess they did break in there already. So they're like, oh, we know about that. Why don't you relocate? Them? Yeah, or uh, like, figure out. They're like, they'll be here any minute. Like, see, there should be a solution to this problem. <laughs> just leave, yeah. <laughs> Um, go talk- somewhere else we talked about doug doing the british accents and uh, I, I loved his uh tea, tea time with tasma in the beginning uh he's like indubitably and also him doing the churchill speech i think was was very good <laughs> and uh then he's like fighting with potions uh f everyone um good good use of doug i would say yes uh, him, uh, doing parody winston churchill speeches in a british accent okay good <laughs> Um, and then, uh, yeah, they free, uh, free Tasma to help. By the way, Tasma says it's magic hour. What did yeah, we think? I know. I kind of freaked out when that happened. I was like, come on now, make her Mysticon. Come on. 
They, that wasn't there to tease me. They were like, we yeah. know you want to hear it once, so we're just going to give it to you. I know. That was like, it just, it made it more brutal when she turns. Uh, uh, but this episode, I believe, has the highest per capita of magic hours in any episode because there are three of them in this episode. <laughs> Arcana says it twice at the beginning of the end, and then Tasma has one too. So I'm glad we're really embracing the magic hour here. Um, but yeah, and then, uh, oh, how about these nicknames by Malveron for the the Vexcons? Frosty, the Imp, She-Rock, and Roller Cat. <laughs> Roller Cat. I think she, she I think she rocks the best one. It right? is rock. Also, the she rock reboot coming out, so that's it's relevant. Um, but yeah, Tasma, uh, yeah, tricked uh, Malvron, um, and then Malvron gives this like uh, emotional speech. I'll never give up on you, he says to Tasma. And uh, were you were you feeling it? I mean. Like, here's the thing, though, because, like, that he said that, like, after we'd just gone through, I don't know, it was concluded, but it was, like, we had just gone through this emotional journey with Arcana being, like, oh, like, it's not just, like, it's more than just simply a choice they make. It's also there are some external factors. So when he said, I won't give up on you, not only was I feeling it, but I was also thinking, like, what external factors also help sway Tasma to be who she is? So, and then there was this really interesting point, like at the end, where like Doug goes, like you, she's so lucky to have you as a brother. And then he's kind of, and Malvaron goes, like, yeah, but but then he gets hugged, and we don't follow through with that. So I'm like, what's what's there? There's something there. Like I need another version of this episode, but having Tasma be the center, and I need to learn about her past and figure out, understand why she made the decisions she made. Um, but yeah. To, to answer your question, yeah, I was feeling it. Yeah, I think this is a good, like, really good Tasma moment. Um, all of this and the the Malveron like uh, responding to her like that. That being said, I don't think this like solves the Tasma thing in a way that the, this episode solves for Proxima. Oh, it's not um, supposed to. But to right, me, what it does, what it does, hints at something. I'm like, ooh, I like need something, that yeah, something version more like, to I, come. Yeah, yeah, like I need a version of like what this episode did for Proxima for Tasma because I'm like, ooh, there is something there that can be explored. Yeah, it invites that that sort of episode that you want to come and i assume it will not yeah like happen in the finale episodes and um i think given that i don't think tasma really gets there as a character um overall even though like we like her i don't think like it's 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 it I mean, it's, not supposed to. She, it's, it's not like her story is kind of like it we it's it's one of i think that's one of the ones where it's like we just are not gonna have time yeah yeah that's unfortunate we'll, we'll see how if tasma factors into any part of last episode so um and then i think that's it then we yeah we amount we talked about the Proxima and then Mallory putting on the mask at the end. So more fierce. So, yes, very exciting heading into next week's episode. Fear of the Spectral Hand is the second to last episode. The Miscons turn to an ally to take down the Vexcons. Proxima, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Guesses on the ally. Also, it Ooh, also maybe uh, another one? another version of the description had unexpected ally. So any interesting. Tasma. Any Tasma. Okay, Tasma. Unexpected. Does you know, Proxima she count as unexpected? No, I mean she's kind of expected. Well, she's yeah, she's already there. Any other guesses? Um, maybe like Antiaga, maybe. Okay, I okay. mean, but I mean, I don't know. If that's unexpected. She's just kind of not been there. Hmm. Ooh, ooh. Um, the 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 bikers. <laughs> oh, okay. Kim Kimra. Kimra. Okay. Kimra. Yeah, <laughs> her and her gang. Yeah. Or 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 the centaurs, the towers. I don't know how to say it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if the centaurs. Or 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 oh, or maybe the dragons. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of options here. We'll see. We'll see in the last two episodes of 
Mysticons. Uh, by the way, if you are waiting to the U.S. premieres, make sure that you uh, stay off of like Wikia uh, and Wikipedia and stuff because these have aired in the United Kingdom. So uh, watch out for spoilers. Oh, they've um, already aired in 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 the UK. Um, so but some people know how this show ends. Yes, well, I, I for disclosure, I have seen them, so I will not comment oh, on the speculation. Wow. Okay. Oh. I could not myself. I will. I will not comment on the ally here. But um, yeah, very, still very excited to get into the the last two episodes here. And uh, yeah, Delaney, any final thoughts on uh, Star Shine, Eternal Starshine of the Mage's Mind? I just really enjoyed it, and I'm glad Proxima's back. Yeah, yay, Proxima, uh, Beatrice. Don't worry, Tasma. I'll give you your Tasma demotion. <laughs> Okay, Be- Beatrice will write the Tasmodemption in the fanfic. That's that. <laughs> in our hearts, we got the Tasmodemption, even if not in the episode. Uh, yeah, it's it's a kind of a powerful contrast with Proxima getting the Proxidemption, right? <laughs> to yeah. the Tasmonaut side. Um, yeah, okay, let us know what you thought of the episode on OverlyAnimated.com. If you're watching on YouTube, but YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated, you can leave your comments on the episode uh, there. And make sure you subscribe to us on our YouTube to not miss uh, future Mysticons podcasts. Um, come to our Discord to talk about uh, Mysticons. I'm very excited uh, with finale discussion there on our Discord. No, spo- no spoilers allowed on our on our Discord for the UK episode, so don't worry about that there. Um, find that at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord and support us via Patreon, Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thank you very much to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Katrin, a.k.a. Patron Katrin, and thanks as always to our patron executive producers, John Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Hugh. Um, check out other... Uh, podcast at overlyanimated.com. Biggest thing is uh, coming up tomorrow is the huge Adventure Time series finale, um, among other things happening at overlyanimated.com. Find all of that there, and we'll be back next week to talk the uh, second last episode of Mysticons. So, see you guys then. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.